Welcome to the Price Plow Podcast, powered by Pre-Workouts. I am incredibly excited and proud to introduce you all to Sean Wells, who is the formulator at Biotrust and uh, previously was a formulator at Dimatize. And so Sean is incredibly well-respected in the supplement and sports nutrition industry. And so welcome to the show, Sean. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. So Sean and I have been talking and chatting, texting a, a couple times uh, or a little bit over the last couple of months. And one thing I, sh I want to tell everyone right off the bat is that um, you should just pause this right now. Go to go onto your favorite social media, whether it's Twitter or Instagram, uh, and follow him at Zone Halo. So Zone Halo is kind of Sean's. I guess we can explain exactly what it is. Your 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 uh, side personal brand or whatever it is but it is. um yeah. and then also sean wells s-h-a-w-n on facebook and i just gotta say how much i love following your stuff on facebook and um and the social medias because you know you jump onto facebook and you got friends arguing about this or that and you don't want to see that but then sean's always there with an incredibly colorful post about some new supplement or anything so i i just love following you on facebook so thank you so much for doing that thank you thank you yeah in, in a world of uh crazy political and religious arguments it's nice to just uh talk about science and and hopefully not have as many arguments but yeah absolutely and if the arguments are there it's like arguing over the best form of choline or something like that so there you go. <laughs> we can th those arguments uh, are a little bit more fun to have and a little bit less personal so um so you know, I, you know, Sean, you've you've been on a lot of different podcasts and everything, and you often give, uh, you know, your background. So I can give a little bit about it. And so you know, you went to UNC Chapel Hill. You have a master's degree in nutrition, I believe, and you also have a minor in sports exercise science or something like that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, exactly. I got my master's at Chapel Hill, nutritional biochemistry. Ooh, okay. Uh, I got my RD and uh, yeah, minor in exercise sports science, and then. My undergrad was in marketing and information systems with a minor in chemistry. Right, and yeah, you seem like very involved with it. A lot of our, our followers would absolutely love to hear is that you're one of the three patent holders of Teocrine. Yep. Awesome right. caffeine-like stimulant that lasts a lot longer that we, uh, that we have in a lot of our different supplements and pre-workouts, including the pre-workout I'm drinking right now, so. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. Dimatize pre-WO, right? Yeah. So, yeah, since uh, Sean's formerly was with Dimatize, I chose Dimatize's pre-WO as my, uh, my pre-workout of choice to get me through the rest of the day here. So, um, Yeah. I still love that brand. Um, I gave uh, over three years of my life to them, and, and we did uh, hundreds of products between Dimatize itself, uh, Supreme Protein, Advocare, Smoothie King, GNC, Vitamin Shop. We had, like, a lot of private label stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we crushed it when we were there. A lot of the flavors that exist in um, Elite Way and ISO 100 were uh, work that I did, and awesome. uh, my team uh, was an incredible team. So, and Rob, Dr. Rob Wildman's still there, uh, great guy. Um, he's the CSO. So yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Dimatize still. Oh, great job! Yeah, ISO 100 is like basically untouchable still. So uh, they're doing good even without you, but yeah, I'm sure they miss you over there. Um, and so a lot of times when you give your introduction, you talk about a, a doctor's visit that kind of changed the whole trajectory of your life. And so I wanted to key in on that, especially because I think um, a lot of people who follow our channel uh, often are looking for motivation. And I, I always love that story. So what happened? At what age were you? And like, you had a, a regular doctor's visit and then things just changed, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I was 20 years old, uh, went to a routine physical uh, that you need before you start each school year. And, um, you know, this doctor, I was talking to him about all this cool stuff that I had been reading, you know, creatine and 
Um, you know, there's Muscle Media 2000, if you remember. MM2K was like a cool magazine, Bill Phillips and mm-hmm. uh, Dan Duchesne and all that kind of stuff at the time. And yeah, creatine had just come out, phosphid, phosphagain, phosphagen, all that stuff. And it was so exciting. And I was reading um, Optimum Sports Nutrition by Dr. Michael Colgan. And I loved all this stuff. And like I was getting all these amazing results, you know, training and seeing the benefit of supplements. And I was talking to my doctor about it. And he could see that I was like lighting up over all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was I was already like magna cum laude, like at, um, and I was a National Merit Scholar before that, but I was magna cum laude at, um, at Babson, this business specialty school. And I was just planning on going to like, you know, some big uh, consulting firm, some cool, you know, consulting firm and, and um, you know, just go get your money. Like, you know, you do business, you go to some big company, you hopefully make six figures mm-hmm. and you're happy. And of course, that isn't true. Um, you know, happiness has to be where your passion lies. And this doctor like saw my passion and he said, he drew out this lifeline from, you know, 20 to 80 and he said why not be happy between here and here and I was just like wow okay <laughs> like that was like a total paradigm shift for me mentally and you know I'll tell you like and shortly thereafter when I, I went to UNC Greensboro to get my prerequisites so I could get into Chapel Hill and I had to do two straight years including the winter and summer semesters 26 hour uh, credit hours a semester like just sciences just crushing mm-hmm. and uh, but when I first got to UNCG and I told him all the stuff that I needed to do this this uh, guy told me um, you're a business student there's no way that you can do this you should stop this be realistic and just pursue business and I kept that guy in mind every day and I you know got straight A's got into Chapel Hill and you know here I am now but I, I think about like um, those two examples of like you know someone gave me my dream like literally made it possible a stranger mm-hmm. strangers words just a small interaction one minute interaction and then another guy basically could have taken my dreams if, if I listened to him everything could have been gone you know that I that I've now achieved could have taken my passions like my whole life away and so you know just for anyone listening, realize that there's a profound impact that your words have. You know, like there's people that, you know, we've seen all these suicides lately, you know, famous people you think that, you know, aren't exactly on the fringe like loners, like, you know, Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington and, and all these people. And they're committing suicide. And, you know, like sometimes your words can save that person that day. It can be the difference. You know, your words can can make someone pursue their passion or can break their dreams and you know I just I definitely like to you know I'm into the whole biohacking thing and mm-hmm. I mean this is a big part of, of biohacking is being grateful mindful meditation you know like knowing your place in the world being like a good uh, being a good friend to other people and and certainly not discouraging people projecting negativity um, you know that that's just a sign of insecurity in yourself. So right, um, and I think yeah. and I think the message rolls back to you because now you are a, you're you're not a doctor like seeing patients, but you're in a position of power like that doctor was. Where you know a doctor is obviously someone you want to listen to. That's why we go to the doctor. And so you you listen to that doctor, and I'm, it seems like you're incredibly happy for it. And now it seems like 
you are now in a position of power where you're giving like speeches at all these conferences. You're here on YouTube. You have a lot of different people inviting you to the podcast, uh, asking you to help. And so I think people need to realize, especially when they get onto a more public stage, that uh, their negativity can really, really resonate. But, you know, or their positivity can really, really resonate. And it's important to, to have the proper balance. You know, we can't be, I don't think we can all be sunshine all the time, but right. there's gotta be like that, what is it, seven to one ratio or something like that, where, you know, most of the stuff has to be positive. And, and like, when I start getting snotty on Facebook, I, I actually think like, oh man, someone like Sean Wells might read this. And <laughs> and uh, I don't want that because I like have such high respect for you. And, and I see you putting out so much good, awesome material and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we can't all love everything, but the way that, uh, you know, you're in a position where people listen to you now and uh, same goes for our channel and everything. So I need to make it clear that when, when you start putting yourself out there, you need to project the right you and you definitely do that. And so the thank you. Thank you. You know, one of the things that I've tried to do, too, because I knew how difficult it was for me to get to where I am, like I had to carve my own path. I mean, there was no sports nutrition degree right. when I was coming up. You know, like I took exercise science, I took nutrition and the nutrition was just clinical and it was epidemiological, like, uh, you know, uh, like water uh, issues in third world countries and stuff where, you know, what we were talking about, all interesting stuff. Mm. But it wasn't, you know, what I wanted in terms of my passion. Um, so I had to carve all that out. And but now I try and like mentor people all the time. I take people uh, into my house. I, you know, give them, you know, room and board. I have them train with me for weeks. And you know, I don't have like uh, I don't make any, you know, money off them. I don't get any benefit from it except that I'm just helping them. Like I just really, really want to see someone um, do well. And, and and maybe me pass on like you know the the blessings that I've been given I think you know with all these people that have at different points in my life come into my life and and really helped me so I'm trying to do that myself so I think that's important to to take someone on to mentor it also like uh, helps you I guess strengthen your own resolve on your own passions mm -hmm. and it also helps you understand all these things that that you know to be true like you learn them better yourself you know like I play volleyball and basketball like when I when I teach someone volleyball like out on the sand volleyball mm -hmm. courts you know I see someone who's pretty good and I give them some pointers it helps me reinforce it for myself when right. you teach someone so that's the great thing about being a teacher being about uh, a mentor is is doing that and I think you know for anyone listening hopefully you know they can do that as well anything you're good at try and help other people out definitely and it's like once you once you can confidently teach something that you can also do it it really just pulls it all into one big you know it completes the circle a little bit um that's that's cool and so yeah you're you're up in dallas i definitely want to meet in person at some point yes. i'm not too far away well We'll get a real life podcast going at some point, but here we are for the time being. Just so everyone knows, it is a uh, uh, Sunday, October eighth, and mm -hmm. of twenty seventeen. So, in case you're catching this a little bit later, uh, that's where we're at right now. So, so Sean and I, we were introduced through a mutual friend and kind of business associate uh, regarding the keto diet. But there's, you know, there's so many things we could talk about. I really did want to focus on optimizing brain performance. Uh, sure. Kind of today, uh, talking about either with nootropics or you are you are already kind of getting into mindful meditation. Um, and, and on a personal and slash uh, kind of selfish note, I'm kind of 
I'm having some tr problems with time management a little bit, so it may be like understanding how you do best with that uh, would work. So uh, a lot of things, but I, I would kind of like to go through how you perfect your day and what you do to stay on top of your game because it seems like you've just been on this trajectory where you're just like going, 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 and everything is like constantly improving and you're, oh, you're, you're sharp. And so right now it seems like uh, you're kind of this unstoppable mental force. And so I'd like to steal a little bit of that. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you very much. Um, that's really kind of you to say. Um, but one of the most important things is that you are pursuing your passion, because you know, there's guys that say, "Well, I want to be kind of what I was alluding to before." Guys say, "I want to be a doctor," or or, or gals uh, that I want to be a doctor because of the money, because of um, you know the fame, or you know, I'll achieve this level of status. You will burn out. Mm -hmm. If, if those are the reasons you're pursuing it, you will burn out. You need to pursue whatever you're good at, you know, whether it's yo-yo like, or martial arts or, you know, video gaming or whatever. I mean, now in this day and age, you can make a career out of anything, mm -hmm. anything. If you're passionate at it, you're the best at it, then go at that thing full steam and find a way to make a career out of it. Um, you know, and that's what I've done. I've become the the world's greatest formulator because it's my my true passion. Like when I'm not formulating or you know at work, like I'm studying. Uh, I'm I'm working on other things, and I love it. You know, I'm always reading about it. And I'm always teaching about it, and and I just enjoy it. So for me, I mean, that's one of the biggest competitive advantages is that I love it and. Even if I wasn't getting paid for it, this is what I was doing. You know, like in back before when I was a clinical dietitian, that's what I was doing. I was, you know, on bodybuilding.com message boards and, you know, going to uh, Arnold and the Olympia and, you know, going to the ISSN conferences and, you know, whatever I could to just to learn. I, I was so passionate about it. So I basically not only give myself an extra 30 or 40 hours a week because I'm passionate over someone who isn't but even in even in those hour for hour I'm probably twice as effective because I'm focused I enjoy so into it. it so that makes a huge difference um, you know that it's it's just hard to compare someone else who isn't passionate right so um, no, no amount of drugs or whatever is gonna make you love your consulting gig or whatever would have happened in that other lifeline that you did not take um, right no matter what, you wouldn't have been as into it. Right, exactly, exactly. But, so, okay, uh, I, I wanted to go back real quickly. You, yeah. For the people who are listening on the uh, on audio, eventually we're gonna get these podcasts on audio. When you said world's greatest formulator, you did put air quotes up there. And so I believe that's a quote from Jacob Wilson, who said that? Yes. Okay, yes. good, just making sure everyone got that. Um, hang on one second. Yeah. Okay, I was just moving the window a little bit. Now it's gonna look a little better on YouTube. Okay. Um, so, so you're incredibly passionate about what you're into, but, uh, you know, they're going to have like 5,000 people listen to this or whatever the number is going to be. Can 5,000 people all like, they're all really into nootropics, for instance, can they all get into that though and make a business out of it? Is there some, you know, like everyone wants to be a rock star. Everyone wants to, everyone wants to, you know, get paid to play video games. Is that, is that possible? Like, can we all be able to do that? I think it is possible, but I think everyone's too distracted. Not only are they not pursuing their passion, but they're not pursuing anything very well. They believe in the lie of multitasking. And there's been study after mm -hmm. study after study 
that shows that you cannot truly multitask. Amen. You can potentially, you can do one thing well, and as soon as you add another thing, you stop having the ability to filter. So that means you hear everything coming at you, and your your mind stops having the ability to say that's that's worthwhile, that's not worthwhile. Can you, so if you're like trying to work on the computer mm-hmm. and you know type something up, and in the background is the Kardashians or something, <laughs> it's it's going into your head. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, uh, so it's hard to to truly uh, multitask. Yes, there's people that have more uh, brain capacity than others. But that's what it is. Like they're they're just more intelligent um, potentially in certain areas, in certain ways. But um, but most people, for the most part, cannot multitask. So so it's, it's it's kind of a myth. How does music play into that? When you're working and you're you're getting into the zone, do you turn off all music? Do you have like what's your? Yeah, I think that varies from person to person. You know, with with music, um, if it's something that you sit there and think about the lyrics or you're someone that thinks about the the drum beat mm-hmm. or you know like pulls apart elements of the song that you're listening to then it's then it's distracting you right so if you're someone that just music is a background noise and maybe it allows you to focus and that varies from person to person uh, then it's fine I mean you know it's kind of like maybe me listening to white noise gotcha. uh, you know so it just depends on you know, you can judge that yourself. Right. One of those people, but for me, um, I do. I do listen pretty intently to lyrics. I memorize lyrics extremely well. I know lyrics to like thousands. Really. Of so for me, which is an impressive feat, I, I get told all the time because I know all these lyrics. But for me, I can't listen to a song and be very effective. Gotcha. You know, doing work at the same time because I'm I'm pulling out all these elements to the song. Gotcha. Um, That's funny. I'm complete opposite. I, I don't know the words to anything, which is good because I listen to a lot of crazy like death metal. But I need consistent. I'm a I don't know a drums and bass guy. I need consistent beats. Otherwise, when I go through like I like a lot of complex music. But if I'm trying to work during complex music, all the tempo shifts just keep they throw me out of the zone, and so I just can't do that. I I need to either turn it off or listen to really basic stuff. And then uh, that allows me to get some work done. Now, on the, uh, back to the task of multitasking. Would you um, would you agree that women are better multitaskers than men? For the women out there, or is it a completely different thing? Are we are we catering this conversation to, to guys specifically, or does it matter? No, I, I've I've looked at that too. Like, um, there's there's a few studies that I understand why you're saying that. Like, women, you know, the, I've heard. I mean, I'm not a woman, so I don't know. <laughs> women tend to be better with uh with liberal arts, like English studies, mm-hmm. um, kind of more abstract things, emotional, uh, the, uh more complex, um, kind of scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. Not, that's not a negative at all. Like, mm-hmm. they are very they're very good with more complex scenarios that involve emotional intelligence mm-hmm. whereas and these are just tendencies these are not of course just truisms like because yeah. there's plenty of women in stem you know like um, science technology engineering mathematics mm-hmm. whatever um, but you know men tend to be more like you said more just focused and you know math and engineering or whatever very one-dimensional but I mean even still um, when multiple things are going on, that that's a type of like I think it's more what we're talking about with women would be more like a spatial type of thinking. Gotcha. Versus and like kind of weaving complex things out versus having multiple things thrown at you. Mm-hmm. 
I think there's a difference there. But I mean, it's possible a woman would be slightly better at multitasking, but I don't think I think the multitasking lie is too persistent in our culture, and people are distracted. And you know, getting back to the ability to be effective, you can't be distracted. Um, you know, like an hour of of focused work is worth ten hours of distracted work. So you know, people. It kind of goes back to like the you know the. Is um, that a stat like for real? Work. One one to ten hours, or is that just you saying? No, that? I'm just throwing that. Oh, okay, out. but I agree. It's like there's some number there, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and if you look at like the Tim Ferriss's four hour work week, I mean that that's what a lot of that was, and that was an abstract number chosen by him that like I guess he split tested and that one tested the best. Oh my! But it's you know you can get caught up in all that stuff like you know but the point of of the book was that you know he did things like he only checked his email twice a day right instead of like following that uh, rabbit down the hole oh. all day long like in your slave to like the bing right and then you know he would uh, bundle all of his phone calls for the afternoon and he would walk while he's you know taking his phone calls and it's not spread out and the first thing he'd do he'd do like uh, you know like a, a gratitude journal and you know plan out his day then he would do like a major task for the day like spend two hours just working on one thing not checking email not getting distracted not chasing a fire and then you're accomplished now the rest of your day you can you can do some of these other things you have a sense of accomplishment if you get into work and you just start doing your emails and you start chasing fires your 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 drug is cortisol and dopamine and serotonin and caffeine and sugar to kind of fuel your day and it's just this downward spiral and then you're exhausted and you didn't accomplish much of anything. So is that what, you, okay, so first off, yeah, I, I realized how much better I am when I close the inbox. One thing that's been happening is our YouTube channel's gotten more uh, popular, the YouTube comments were coming into my inbox and I finally, mm. like two days ago, set a filter to just put them into a bucket that I check once a day and uh, and that has helped so much, but I don't even let the phone ding or anything. But yeah, the the uh, working out of the inbox is kind of a necessary thing at times. But I, I find myself not moving the ball forward on the important stuff. So um, I, I fully agree. So is that a philosophy that you follow? Like, what is how does your uh, your workflow set up throughout the day and everything? Are you checking the email twice or? Yeah, I mean, there's times when you're in a corporate environment that you can't do that, mm -hmm. but. Um, you know, at the very least, you could you can set it up so that you only check your emails like after you've knocked out some big task. Another thing that makes me feel quite accomplished that I like, as far as energizing me, and then yeah, getting to work and feeling like a rock star is working out in the morning mm -hmm. every morning. So you know, versus working on the evening, if you get that done in the morning, you take your shower, and, you know, after your workout, you know, you have your your breakfast, and then you you head off to work. You've already knocked out something that's you know impressive. You've done something for yourself, and you know that's very different than rolling out of bed, feeling exhausted, going straight to work, fighting traffic. Then you get to you know work, and again you you know the emails and the fires, and you know your whole day is like crazy. And then you're going to work out at the end of that, you know, like feel exhausted. Right. You can feel so much more accomplished if you put that at the beginning. I think it it does set a tone for the day. So. You know, doing the the uh, the big the big project at the beginning, working out in the morning. You know, that's that that helps quite a bit. And for me, some of the other things that I do, 
Um, as far as my morning routine, I like to do uh, Elevate, which are like brain games similar to oh, like Lumosity, but I think it's it's better. Um, and then I like to do Headspace, which is you know uh, a meditation app, really good. Um, another one is Calm. But even if you have Spotify, there's some playlists yeah. on Spotify that have meditation playlists, uh, be it music or guided meditation. There's a lot of cool stuff on Spotify. Um, and then, uh, you know, I do like a, a, a pre-workout that I use the Genius pre-workout, actually. Yeah, the, the Genius brand, yeah. So, yeah, this is <laughs> the Price Pop pre-workout podcast. So, um that's that's actually interesting, and you you told me you've never met those guys or anything, but you just like the way they formulated. And it's funny because you know we've done a little bit of uh, of blogging on their stuff, and they seem like really friendly guys. So that's just cool. That shout out to Genius. Yeah, no, it is. Is they're solid formulations. Uh, I believe in transparent labeling. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe less is more. Uh, they're the study back doses, the right forms. I love the name of the product. You know, I mean it's. And I don't do uh, caffeine, so um, yeah, I didn't realize that. Have you never been on caffeine, or is that a, a personal? I did thing? when I was younger, but I I, I feel like I really got burnt out from uh, like the whole like rip fuel days, uh, <laughs> you know, ephedrine and caffeine. I think I just demolished myself. And um, for me, I I now get like very anxious. I get arrhythmias. Oh wow! Um, you know, the whole thing from just caffeine. I I can't even sleep at night even if I drink a soda in the morning. Wow, uh, okay. Really, it really messes with me. So, um, yeah, I, I, I try and avoid that now. So, yeah, I love the Genius product. And then I add um, a scoop of uh, BioTrust Metabo Greens, mm -hmm. uh, which is just a product I formulated. It tastes great. It's got chlorella, spirulina, but it's also got that spectra in it, which I think is a really cool in ingredient. Um, it helps with the... Uh, um, cerebral oxygenation so like it's funny like I've had people like tell me they think it's caffeinated it's not so I I like doing this this blend of genius and metabo greens and then um, then I hit the gym and then I have my uh, I have my keto uh, breakfast afterwards which so, is just bacon and eggs and butter same here okay so you're coming off of uh, some sort of a fast I, I'm assuming you're working you're working out towards the end of your fast with mm -hmm. a bit of a pre-workout in the greens yep yeah, exactly. Okay, and so, uh, and how long are you fasting there then? Are you cleaning <laughs> this is the my cat that's getting. Oh, you got a cat! I heard a cat meowing down here too. <laughs> that's hilarious. My cat was actually getting on on the camera there. That's so. great. Uh, I have my dog here as well. I can show you. Oh, hey guys! Oh, nice. Perfect. They like they like to hang out with You're me. Just that's, chilling, huh? Yeah, that's part of my Sunday biohack. Nice. Um, Got it. Yeah, animals are the best. It's. Uh, I think that's part of a yeah a biohack that can make you feel better too. There's, I'm sure there's tons of research on it that you've probably absolutely. read. I think just just the the whole um, there is research on touch, um, and that we need at least I think it's six interactions of touch a day to feel human and not really? feel isolated. Uh, I used to work in nursing homes and I would go out of my way to touch the uh, the residents there. You know, just on that's the shoulder. Awesome. Say, you know, hey, Mrs. Jones, how are you doing today? And leave your hand on their shoulder. And, you know, you see them, like, physically light up. And especially with them, like, they feel so isolated. Like, people right. think they're old and dirty and, you know, discarded, really. Like, uh, like just diseased and worthless. Yeah, I mean, if you if you think about it, what's the absolute worst punishment you can give to someone? And it Slips. is... What's that? Yeah, isolation. Yeah, solitary confinement. Like, even in a prison with the 
biggest dirtbags in the world, it is a punishment to isolate them from that. Like that just right. shows how much we are socially connected creatures. And uh, and so for those of us who work work home alone, it's uh, it's often important to get out, go to the gym, go to the pool, like do whatever. And and do do you think that animals though, for some people, is that enough of a of a uh, I don't know and what the it word helps is. a lot, especially if you are elderly. You know, you think about those scenarios where, like, um, a widow, you know, the spouse has passed on. I mean, when, when I would see them come to the nursing home and they had to leave their pet at home, it was oh. devastating for them. I mean, that was their whole world. It was literally their second spouse, if you will, you know, right. and it's it's devastating. And when you, when you just hold your pet and you, you pet them, we call them pet because we pet them, right? right. I mean, there's a type of therapy there too. Like it's therapeutic to just go through that motion of, of petting something and, you know, feeling their, you know, their fur and, um, it's just relaxing. It's, you know, it's, uh, something that eases you. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So getting back to, uh, so wait, yeah, we were on the question I was asking was, there's a, you have an intermittent fast is, is, or maybe you're not totally doing an intermittent fast, but you have like a fasted window. You wake up training, empty stomach, minus the, the greens and the genius, Mm -hmm. and then you eat. So like, uh, so would you recommend, I've been kind of tinkering with that and you're the person who actually got me into the more, the, the deeper intermittent fast, which helped me get deeper into ketosis, which is what I needed to do for my experiments. That's kind of how we, uh, how we were introduced talking about that. And uh, so thank you, because that's definitely worked and I got like way deep into ketosis. And now I'm, I'm starting to be able to tinker back in with uh, some pre-workout carbs when I want to. And so that's, uh, and stay in ketosis. So that's been a really nice thing. But uh, what, what what is your kind of your timeline on that? Are you into like doing a deep a deeper kind of fast before that training or are you kind of? Yeah, I, 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 I oscillate. I, sometimes, I, sometimes I like to do the 16-8 you know, where you're uh, not eating for 16 hours and you're doing eight on. Right. Um, sometimes I'll do the, the one day of fasting a week, uh, which there's uh, new data on. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty compelling in terms of it being like a reset for your immune system, activating uh, growth factors. Is that human data? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Okay. We'll have to post up a link. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's... It, it's really cool. Again, I think fasting is is key, like you were just saying, to getting deeper into ketosis. Right. With nutritional ketosis, especially if you're eating, you know, throughout the day, um, you know, you might be sitting there at like 0.5 to one millimole, you know, kind of thing. And some of the magic, and and I'll say this with a, a caveat of you really shouldn't chase these numbers, and we talked about that. Right, yeah. It's just part of my experiment, so I wanted to at least get to 1.0, and I yeah. easily did that. It's, it's nice to have some data, but also realize that with blood BHB, the, the marker for ketones uh, that you might be checking on a ketogenic diet using a glycometer, um, you know, that there's varying levels of adaptation. There's very varying levels of utilization of the BHB. So, you know you may be using the heck out of it and uh, you may have a kind of lower BHB but you may be deeper into ketosis than someone that has a higher BHB. Right. But, you know, we're just going by this number. But just if we are to generalize, then I would say the magic kind of happens around, you know, maybe 2.5 to, you know, 3.5, somewhere in there, like millimoles, like that you really only typically get with... um, you know, some level of fasting. Right. So that kind of 
puts you into the deeper state of ketosis. And so what did you mean by magic? And, and getting back to the whole brain performance thing, uh, mm -hmm. it seems like if you're like, let's say a Buddhist monk who is doing some extreme fasting, I was starting to equate like that fasted state with with um, you know a spiritual kind of thing. Yes. And, and so I'm not sure if that was the magic you were referring to or not, but yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's definitely a cognitive uh, awareness, alertness. I think that you know, I think we all have varying levels of glucose intolerance. You know, you remember when you were a kid, and you know you used to get like super energized, like off of candy and soda. Like, who gave them those Snickers, or you know, who gave them the Coca Cola? You know, because right. they're running around like an idiot, right? And screaming. And now, when we have a Snickers, now when we have a Coca Cola, we're just you know like, you know, oh, we need caffeine. You know, mm -hmm. so it's kind of a downward spiral. And you know, Alzheimer's is is really type three diabetes. That's what uh, you know. I read about that, and I, I thought that was more like a postulated kind of thing. Are you pretty confident in that, like diagnosis in a way? Absolutely. Yeah. There's an uh, an in, uh, well, a glucose intolerance in the brain, and the same thing happens with. Um, is that the cat? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got. The, he came up here. Heard your cat, I guess. That's and, cool. Yeah, I'm just worried um, he's gonna step on the keyboard over that's controlling things. So he's jumped. Okay, cool. Sorry about that. I apologize. That's no, okay. <laughs> um, but um, you know, the same thing happens with traumatic brain injury in the area of the concussion, uh, wherever the insult was to the brain. There is actually a glucose intolerance. It's having difficulty taking up uh, the glucose and creating energy. So there's an uh, insufficient cellular energy state that's happening, ICE. That's the, the acronym for that. And it creates a problem. Ketones bypass that, um, that issue by actually bypassing the secondary complex of the um, electron transport chain. And so it overcomes like mitochondrial dysfunction. And you know, there isn't like a ketone intolerance issue. So what's nice about that is for anyone, I think anyone will get a certain level of alertness or cognitive enhancement mm -hmm. and I also think that might tie into like you know think about like if you were starving for days on end right and which would have been normal which would have been normal in evolution right like we would have gone a day two days three days without eating that would have been normal before all this you know food availability Actually, before stuff. agriculture and all that really. <laughs> right so uh, uh, you know it's it was probably key to be as alert as possible when we're trying to save ourselves and find, you know, and hunt down food. You know, like you don't almost need as much alertness when you have glucose, right? Like when you're eating like regular uh, plants and, you know, like there's availability, let's say during the summer versus right, right. like maybe during the winter when you're like scavenging to find something, you might need more alertness, right? So. It's it's an interesting idea that um, you know these ketones um, maybe there's some evolutionary you know purpose there but you know I think we are meant to be dual fuel I'm not like you know some people get so angry about keto like one way or another like some of the keto people are like you know you have to be keto 100% of the time or else you're an idiot you know and then other people are like you know glucose all the way like you know how can you ever you know, be keto. Um, you know, all the data is supporting carbs for energy, and you know. So, but for me, I think we're we're meant to be dual fuel. I think that's how we were evolved. I don't see it as a conflict. I know that carbs are not necessary. 
but I don't think that they're not needed. I think they're a tool mm-hmm. for an athlete, for someone who's a biohacker. And so, you know, I train all week long without carbs. I train high intensity interval training. It's very difficult, but that's where like a lot of the adaptations take place mitochondrial biogenesis, mm-hmm. you know, and some of the things that are happening. Uh, like to your, you know, telomeres, cert, cert genes, and you know some of the cool anti-aging stuff that's happening. Um, the MCT transporters being upregulated, so you can take up more BHB. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of cool things are are happening as a result of that. But um, I think, well, <laughs> yes, I'm I'm maybe. Okay, cool. Stunting there. Oh no, that's fine. No, that was a that was a great uh, discussion. A lot a lot of different directions to go with. Um, I definitely noticed. So yeah, my opinion is, is kind of like that. In my opinion, first off, you have to like kind of cast aside the uh, the appeal to nature fallacy, and I I personally believe that um, the nature's true way for our bodies is better almost the the majority of the time. Um, and so when people, you know, kind of say like, oh, well, cavemen died at the age of 30, it's like, well, yeah, but you know, had they broken their arm, they didn't have a hospital or a sling to put it in that could have like totally ended them. Um, so, you know, there, there's, there's both sides of that argument, but to me, I, I always see it, the way, the more I've been into this and when I get deep into ketosis or when I'm into that fast, I am focused. I, I, I there's definitely no, uh, no problem with it. I think that a more natural state was kind of being in ketosis but then when you do find the carbohydrates it's kind of like party time or like that's when it's like high energy bursts like you get the sugar high like if i were you know a caveman i found a uh a pot of honey like that that's that's an incredible find but we know we all know that it's just gonna give you some insanely awesome feeling but eventually it's gonna it's gonna come crashing down and uh and I think like most you know, most humans anymore, at least most Western dieters, are kind of in the opposite mode, where we're always glucose, 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 and then not nearly getting into a fasted enough state in the mornings. And then like we've been pushed this whole breakfast thing, which um, I, I'm not fully on board with for some people, especially if you're trying to get into the zone. Uh, the first thing you do is rock yourself with more carbohydrates, and while that feels good you're going to, you're going to need more and you're going to need more. And and so in my opinion, I think we're just like upside down, at least for a lot of us, people like myself who focus better when, uh, when there's a little bit less food in the, in the belly there. So that's just, that's how it works for me at least. And then don't forget about adding dessert, like just like, uh, you know, at, at, at dinner and, and certainly we're in like a hypercaloric state and we're under exercising and Mm -hmm. all those things are definitely disastrous for sure. And then the availability of highly processed high glycemic food on top of it. Yeah. I mean, it's not just carbs, but it's just crap carbs. Right. Um, so, you know, just, just sugar. So let's um, say, uh, I, like, I don't know if you offer consultant services or anything, but let me pretend that you do. And I said, okay, uh, Sean, my name is Mike. I, I'm a CEO of this, this startup that's doing really well. I know that I have a big project underway. Let's say I need like six to nine months of just pure mental awesomeness uh, where, like, what are the the steps that you would take me on now? Like, considering the average listener on this on this podcast will most likely be someone who's already working out at least like you know four or five times a week or so, and they kind of know uh, nutrition. Like, where do you go from there? What's the what, what are the next steps to really uh, get me get me like in the zone for nine months? Like, kind of, I need to really dial into this project. What would you yeah. say? 
Well, it would be some of those things for biohacking that aren't supplement or diet or exercise related, um, like what we were just talking about before. I think uh, mindful meditation, um, doing like some brain activation exercises like a Lumosity or Elevate, mm-hmm. um, you know, taking the time at the end of your day to take stock of your day and how you did. So I think starting your day and ending your day with that kind of journaling is actually important. Uh, so you have a sense of how to build your day and, and, and how you finish your day. Okay. Uh, and what you're thankful for. I think all those things are really important. Um, and I think figuring out what your distractions are, like mm-hmm. we talked about, so you can be focused. Um, you're you're going to gain so much productivity by creating like some level of focus, you know, like the 80-20 rule kind of thing, yeah. like oh. getting all that noise out. There's so much that's distracting you, social networks, emails, you know, all these things that are going on, like trying, you know, there's apps that like check how many times a day you're looking at your phone, how many times you're picking it up and putting it down. Mm-hmm. You'd be you'd be amazed at what that number is. Uh, yeah, it's in the hundreds for most people. Wow. Okay. So if you can minimize some of that, if you can again take that, you know, what we were talking about with Tim Ferriss, like whatever that number is, it doesn't have to be like two. It has to be half of what you're doing now, just half, and and that's a that's a big game changer right there to allow you to focus if you can think about trying to write a paper you know doing a great job at writing some article you can't have like an email popping up every five minutes you can't no. check your social you know with all these push notifications you know hey someone commented on your thread on facebook hey you know someone just posted on instagram i mean it's too much it's distraction all day long you won't accomplish much i think doing the uh... hydrating well is important mm. Um, certainly um, throughout the day. Uh, I like high intensity interval training like we were talking about. I like some level of fasting, um, be it intermittent fasting or one day a week or the every other day fasting or whatever works for you. There's, there's a variety of ways to achieve it. I think doing a ketogenic diet for some period of time I think is advantageous. There's some people that are just highly insulin sensitive, mm-hmm. uh, that are great exercisers, that have never had any level of insulin insensitivity um, and maybe they don't need it but I think it's worth experimenting with for people and adding again at some point the intermittent fasting and then also maybe playing around with MCTs or one step better could be uh, caprylic acid, octanoic acid, C8 mm-hmm. is actually about three times better than MCTs at raising exogenous ketones and then maybe even or sorry, endogenous ketones, and then maybe playing with exogenous ketones as well. Those are getting popular BHB salts um, and seeing what those do for you. Um, I know that those those work well for me, you know, feeling more alert. Are you working out with them at all or is that like when when are you using them? Because I was taking them during during training, um, but still kind of tinkering around or when I eat carbs. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't um, I don't work out with them because I have the other two things that I was talking right. about, the, the Genius and the Greens. But I do use it when I play uh, competitive sand volleyball. And sometimes I actually take it with, with a sugar. Um, so that goes back to I use, now I adapt it in. I get in and out of ketosis very quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you can do this right off the bat. I would recommend that people that are going to mess around with ketosis, that they give it a chance, stay on it full on make some adaptations, you know, maybe three months down the road, then you can start playing with CKD, TKD, 
targeted cycl cyclical. Agreed. I'm um, finally getting to that point. So yeah. Yeah, and so that's I like to do the the targeted one only when I'm playing sand volleyball, because then I can play what I feel like you know several hours in a very uh, dynamic environment. It's very difficult in the heat, so you know mm -hmm. I, I add carbs and I add ketones. I get the best of both. So you're me, playing volleyball in the Texas summers on the sand? Absolutely. Awesome. Nice. I, yeah. I, yeah. That's one thing we actually haven't talked about. I, I lived out in the uh, beaches of L.A. for six years, and that's kind of my whole social scene was all sand volleyball, too. But out here, I uh, am not playing out here. So respect uh -huh. to the anyone playing in Texas in this heat. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're you're drenched, and I don't know if people can appreciate what playing you know twos in the sand is like, oh, but yeah. it's... It's very exhaustive, very very dynamic. It's definitely hit style workouts when you're going up for a block. You know, you're you know you're serving, you're diving, you're. I mean, it's it's just constant, constant moving, jumping, blocking. You know, it's 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 very involved. So after that, and by the way, like for me, it's it's just like what you were saying. It's like caffeine mm -hmm. when I take carbs now because I'm so keto adapted, and the whole week I'm training like hit style and fasting and you know all that like with no carbs mm -hmm. that when I do add something like sugar it's um, a rocket fuel it's, it's a rocket yeah, yeah it's, it's intense someone's gonna someone's gonna nail that I, I think we're one of you you posted that someone one of your friends already broke a record for an uh, uh, elite running it was an, an Ironman kind of kind of event, event doing that yep yep exactly yeah the the hundred miler um, yeah it's pretty insane it makes sense though like what well, now that i'm more into this like if you rely on carbs you need to keep re-upping the carbs but if you have fat to break down on your own body then uh if you're keto adapted enough you have your you have your fuel source on you and right you just right. need to uh, occasionally maybe add in some extra stuff but uh but yeah using the dual fuel source i i, I absolutely love that i have the option and a lot of people don't get to experience this whole other alternative fuel and uh exactly. it it definitely helps with my with my focus for sure. I I, I fully believe that. Although I, I don't think I've ever had like a ketone drink that made me feel all in the zone. Um, I, I think yeah. I get a little bit more of a physical help from that so far. But I, I'm not sure where the science will end up landing there. Yeah, it, it, it there's some uh, varying uh, abilities of these drinks to deliver the right dose, the right type of BHB. Mm -hmm. I've experimented with a lot of them, and there's there's a huge variance in terms of my numbers when I've experienced uh, experimented with them. But right. I don't feel like calling anyone out on this. No, I, I yeah, <laughs> I, I think I know what you're talking you about though. Results were, mm -hmm. but um, and then you know, on top of that, what else I would recommend? I would recommend sleep hygiene is massive massive I mean just even one hour less of sleep uh, has a huge impact on your immune system on your cognitive function on your lifespan mm -hmm. on ability to uh, or risk of disease uh, including diabetes uh, coronary uh, heart disease I mean just down the line obesity uh, everything goes up uh, in terms of disease risk and mortality risk when you're not sleeping yeah, and yeah. that can even just be one hour less. And so, again, if you go back to what we're adapted for, we're not adapted for blue light in our face right before we go to sleep. If you have a phone that you're looking at while you're in your bed or a uh -huh. tablet, stop that. You're waking stop yourself that. back up. or well, yeah, What exactly happens at the whole blue light before bed? You, you stop producing um, uh, melatonin. Right. So it's actually blocking that release of melatonin. So I love to do blue light first thing in the morning. 
uh, especially during you know the winter when you get up and it's you know pitch black outside right. or overcast days. I definitely get seasonal affective disorder. I'm very prone to oh, sorry. Uh, the the dark days. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if it's rainy for several days, like I get very depressed. So the blue light is very uh, effective for me, like a Philips blue light uh, first thing in the morning. But cool. you know, at night it's better to turn off your devices. Um, you know, if you have uh, Apple uh, iOS, then I think they have Night Shift. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in Android it's Night Light. Uh, but there's options like um, I use uh, Flux F dot yes. uh, Flux on my computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's free. So all those things are free to use, but they can shift the the color away from the blue light. That helps some. But you're still getting, you know, light radiated to your face, and I would definitely recommend that um, you reduce your exposure to that, especially if you think about with a phone in a very dark environment that's very bright and it's right here at your eyes. Mm-hmm. Or even worse, one thing that scares me is the new phenomenon of the uh, VR glasses, where they're putting the phone right here, right, right on their eyes at full brightness, so it looks cool. I mean, if you're doing that in the afternoon or evening, my goodness, like that's definitely going to impair uh, the melatonin production for sure. So um, that can definitely have an impact. I mean, I don't think people take sleep hygiene enough, um, uh, being serious enough about it. Yeah. Um, but then, as far as uh, like nootropics, getting into supplements, mm-hmm. uh, some of my favorites would be. Uh, Alpha GPC is my favorite form of choline. Awesome. CDP, CDP choline is pretty good too, mm-hmm. but Alpha GPC. What, what dose would you recommend for, let's say, just a, a beginner who's not, yeah, just average it's guy? It's expensive. It's expensive, but I, I mean, I love the full dose of 600 milligrams 600. three times a day. Oh, how many times a day? I'm sorry. Three times a day. Oh wow. Okay. I've never. And they've done shown that. that they've shown that if you are not eating eggs. Or taking a choline supplement daily, you're not getting enough choline. Oh yeah, you're in trouble. So yeah, I eat four eggs a day right now. Mm-hmm. Um, would you still recommend 600 milligrams three times a day? I do. Well, I mean, <laughs> what's, what's cool? So what's cool? One of the cool things about I, I love this about supplementation and optimizing your health. Besides stimulating your health, you know, like stimulating energy. If you're if you're using supplements to optimize yourself mm-hmm. then what's cool with like something like methylcobalamin which is another favorite of mine nootropically is uh, which is the active coenzymated form of B12 right. um, or things like alpha GPC they actually help your alertness and they help you sleep really and so that, that is third dose of alpha GPC is not going to keep you up no it won't but like during the day you'll feel more sharp right and it has to do with, with dopamine release, but you'll you'll feel more sharp, but at night you'll sleep better and you'll have more growth hormone release, more strength, more recovery. They've shown all that in studies. The same with methylcobalamin. Um, you know, I feel like cognitively enhanced when I take it, but I also sleep great when I take it in the evening, like you have better sleep. And so I think people tend to think of things along the, the spectrum of, of stimulation where, you know, it's... It's uh, it's great to get energy, but you can't go to sleep. Right. But when you're actually looking at, you know, biohacking your health and, and your cognitive function, then you know it can be both, and that's that's a really cool thing. Um, let me think of some other ones that I really like. Yeah. 
Yeah, so the, the methylcobalamin, that's kind of usually my litmus test for if I uh, agree with a multivitamin or not. You could tell if, uh, to mm -hmm. me if they really care or not. Yes. They're going to put in the good B12. And that's like the right. first ingredient I go to when I'm looking at a multi. And then I, of course, look at vitamin D um, and decide if I need to add more. I usually take 5,000 IUs extra of that. Um, right Jeez. now, I just recently switched to the Garden of Life Raw ones. That's a food-based vitamin D. And uh, I don't know, I've been feeling pretty good with it. So... Yeah, chances are with vitamin D, you'll need to take one uh, additionally uh, because the oil form is so much better at raising blood levels of vitamin D, cholecalciferol, mm -hmm. um, that the, the dry form is just not that effective. So mm -hmm. typically in a dry multivitamin like a tablet or a capsule, right. the, the vitamin D, no matter what the dose says on the side, it's, it's just not that effective at, at raising blood levels like an oil-based one would be. And ideally you take that oil-based vitamin D with other oil to enhance its absorption or really? like a okay, fatty okay. meal. So like if you're, you know, eating like a, a high fat meal or you're, you know, maybe you take your fish oil with your vitamin D, uh, that might be ideal. I like high DHA yeah. uh, fish oil, big fan of that. Um, as far as like some of the, the non-dietary uh, supplement type things, um, I do like no pept. Uh, gotcha. That's one of my favorite uh, race tams. Right, we have a uh, big article on that. Yeah, very effective at a at a very low dose. Well, yeah, what's your dosing there? 10, 20, 30? 30. I, I think I've worked my way up to 30. <laughs> of uh, course. But, you know, it's, yeah, the, for anyone trying it, yeah, start out at 10 and, you know, just see what your, yeah. your top is. I think, I think the most negative thing with that is people can't super feel it. Like, you know, everyone wants to have that, yeah, feel it pop right away. And I think uh, NOPEPT is uh, kind of a, it has a longer a longer build up kind of period where you have uh, you you make some brain gains over time. I agree, and you need to take your choline with it um, because it does deplete choline. So right. you know, some people, I think, feel burnout on the race tams, and that's a big reason why they're they're not taking the cholines, and they're mixing it all with you know caffeine and you know doing their usual stimulation and lack mm -hmm. of sleep stuff. So um, I think some other things I like: new vigil, pro vigil. Uh, those are very effective. Mm -hmm. um, now, if you were going to take some of that, would you get rid of some of the other supplement-based stuff, or are you just adding this to this one huge monster stack? Yeah, I might not take the um, the NoPept. Okay. Um, and then when I've used microdosed uh, LSD. That's yeah, and that was one thing I even hinted at <laughs> at our first podcast that. We were going to talk about that. I did want to, we are going to get to that. Um, I wanted to go back to way earlier. You mentioned, you were talking about mindful meditation. What exactly does that mean to you? And how long would you do that for? Like, it seems like we're throwing a lot of things in the day to be doing. And I'm like running out of time between the exercise and the cooking and the mindful meditation and uh, the journaling and everything. I'm running out of time to work, it almost feels like. But that's where you need to like not have your phone out apparently. But um, where does the mindful meditation come in and how does that, uh, how does it work for you? Well, that's a great point, though, about if you're doing these things, if you're making, I use a, like a list in like Google Keep or something like that. Google Keep, okay. Um, you know, I think there's there's like one wonder list. There's, mm -hmm. uh, um, what are some of the other? There's like. Um, is there Evernote or is that something? Evernote, exactly. That's the other one I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, whatever you like, it's fine. Um, but, you know, making lists are very important. Anyone that's successful is making lists. And actually, the, the journaling is really making lists. And the five-minute journal is making a list of things that you're grateful for 
and then how you're going to approach your day and then if you did in fact do those things that you wanted to do um, so that's that's important but I think all these things that we're talking about mm -hmm. like my brain games is about 10 minutes okay. my okay. mindful meditation can be anywhere from five minutes to 20 minutes. So what do you do? Just sit down with the music on or the Spotify app or uh, do you lay down and do it? Like whatever yeah, works best. Yeah, a variety of things. Now that I've done the guided meditation, like I feel like I can, I can do it anytime. And that's what they talk about in Headspace. Like you don't need to be in the perfect, you know, place. Like you can be driving and have mindful meditation. You really? can okay. be, you know, in your office and have mindful meditation. I like to obviously do it first thing in the morning and whenever you're like focused on gratitude and you're not distracted and it is a quiet environment without you know much noise then you can you can find that place but it's you know it's about achieving different brainwave states and you're when you're distracted you're not in the right state to feel grateful to feel at peace to feel that zen that really lowers your cortisol lowers your blood pressure you know all these kinds of things that really puts you in an optimal state to achieve for the day. Mm -hmm. So yes, like there are some things that, that I'm saying that take a little time out of your day, but I think when you when you find places to remove distractions, right. um, that you can insert these things in and you'll be amazed that one, getting rid of distractions, and then two, adding in things that help you focus, help you optimize, and and help you achieve, you, you're going to see a radical difference in, in what you can do. It's like a, a streamlining process where we got to stop being chickens with our heads cut off and right. and dial in. Like, you know, the, 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 the six to nine month project I need to be working on. Um, it, 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 yeah, if I cut out a couple distractions, I may know a little bit less about a couple small time things, but this one huge thing I'm working on will propel the business further. And that's what I really need to focus on and stop screwing around with the small stuff or like, you know, let CJ handle the YouTube comments, for instance. And um, and so that's that that makes sense for sure. Uh, and so, uh, OK, excellent. Now, yeah, the, when we first originally started exchanging emails, though, you said, you know, I'm all interested into. Uh, into like the, you know the keto diet which we were talking about and blue light and I was like oh my you know I've been reading about that too and sometimes I'm guilty as charged with the blue light but you try to stay very aware of uh, yeah hitting the phone before bed and then uh, then you mentioned uh, microdosing LSD and I was like whoa 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 so yeah. <laughs> um, so I have read a little bit about that since and I, I did originally see it on a Hacker News uh, featured it there some Silicon Valley guys were kind of talking about it uh, what what's your experience with it what do you think and uh, and yeah, I'd love to hear what you, where you think that's going to go and how you have used that to your advantage. And uh, I have a lot of questions. So yeah, what's your introduction to LSD microdosing? Yeah, well, you know, like I had been reading about it from all my biohacking mentors, uh, whether they know they're my mentors or not. <laughs> you know, like Tim Ferriss, uh, Dave Asprey, Ben Greenfield, Ben Pakulski, all, all my all my heroes, uh, if you will, were all uh, you know talking about this stuff. And you know, giving a, a competitive advantage. And what's cool about that is, you know, when I grew up, drugs were, you know, don't do drugs. Right. You know, drugs are for hippies. Drugs are for losers. Mm -hmm. You know, I did alcohol um, in college, and you know, still have an occasional drink. I, mm -hmm. But that was the only thing I really abused uh, was alcohol. And I had never really done any type of of drug. But now, you know, I'm understanding more about, you know. Ben Greenfield's a very competitive athlete. Tim Ferriss is a very accomplished uh, investor right. and successful author. Dave Asprey is a successful entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. 
uh, you know, in Silicon Valley. And, you know, Ben Pikulski, you know, the most popular bodybuilder and, you know, starting up several businesses. And Absolutely. I mean, all these guys are, you know, highly accomplished, high achievers. So, like, when they tell me, you know, hey, this is something to look at, like, well, this is really shifting a paradigm in my head. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I've, I've obviously learned is, you know, that it's all about the dose, right? You know, the poisons in the dose or, you know, what, what have you, that it's very different to talk about um, microdose. And I'm not even saying full-dose LSD is necessarily bad. There's certainly um, uh, maybe opportunities for that in the right scenarios to be very helpful. Yeah, I'd say if it was uh, guided and, well, you can right. get into that if you want. But. Right, yeah, that's that's all other discussion. But this is <laughs> one-tenth the dose or even one-tenth what some would call like a heroic dose um, so it's 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 very um, very low dose and it's similar to like saying like you know I'm having um, you know one drink of red wine versus ten ten uh, glasses of red wine right. right it's very different to talk about those two things we know that one drink of red wine or beer or one shot is actually uh, cardiovascularly friendly for you mm -hmm. uh, beneficial um, especially with red wine, maybe with the polyphenols and resveratrol and all that. Um, but all those have heart health benefits versus 10 drinks that wouldn't, you know, potentially. So it's an interesting <laughs> way to, to think about that. You know, this is, it isn't just the same thing. So, um, you know, there is no uh, trip, there is no hallucination at one tenth the dose. What I had happen, uh, and I will say, one, it's illegal, two, I would really want to find out the good source, and I had uh, a very trusted uh, person uh, send me some that um, I really enjoyed. Did you did you test it at all, or there's different reagents you can really, test? I really, really trust this person. Uh, gotcha. This is the one of the, the better minds in the industry for this stuff. So um, <laughs> luckily, I have like really good connections. So, right. Um, What's cool about it is my experience was um, a greater level of clarity, mm -hmm. confidence. I felt like I had a, a really great night's sleep. Um, things connected faster. Um, I definitely felt the ability to focus easier and drown out those distractions. So, um, what time were you taking it? Like, and and how do you might? What was that? First thing in the morning, same as if I took like Pro Vigil or New Vigil. Okay, and. And so how did you measure out the doses or maybe your, your supplier had that, but it seems like it's like a 10 microgram kind of dose or something. Uh, you know, I don't have a microgram scale here. And if I did, I don't think I would trust it unless it was incredibly expensive. So how did you approach that? I didn't, I didn't weigh it out. Um, it was already weighed out for me. Oh, okay. I, I trust this, this person. Cool. <laughs> this, this is a very, very, very trusted source. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so the experience was was very. I'd say it's like New Vigil or Pro Vigil, but even better. Um, so I still don't have an experience, you know, full dosing any recreational drugs. Mm -hmm. I'm not against it. I'm actually more open to the idea now. Like things right. like ayahuasca are very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um, after seeing, you know, some of these um, documentaries and talking to some people that have done DMT or ayahuasca. Uh huh. Um, you know, certainly, it, it's all—it's all fascinating. It's all uh, worth exploring potentially, but again, you know, there are potential downsides. Like I said, it's not—it's not legal. And then, 
you have to trust your source. So right, it's right. not necessarily easy to get, but it's definitely worth discussing because I think directionally, even if you never try it, um, maybe it opens some other doors for some other supplements or medications or whatever to be discovered um, that can be helpful. You know, going along these pathways or you know thinking along these lines of thought that you know a, you know for a long time we you know put aside as just terrible drug use and you know, yeah. And LSD, I, I, like you can have these trips. <laughs> There's my cat again. Yep. Um, you know, LSD, you can you can have these uh, these trips. You know that like supposedly like you'll be driving down the highway when you're 50 and like you you know have like this full on trip and mm -hmm. you crash or and you know all this stuff that I thought was true that isn't true. Yeah, that uh, was the uh, the propaganda right there. Right. And, and, and yeah, I don't want to get off too derailed, but yeah, it really, um, the, as I've been researching some of this and you start seeing that there are, they knew that there are um, tons of benefits for, for instance, MDMA and, uh, yes. and PTSD, for instance, yeah. and psilocybin. And yeah. they, they knew that there's these drugs do have incredible medical uses especially in the low doses, but especially for people who are in dire need of it. And, uh, and the medical community has kind of covered this up. And it's, it's finally like we have an awakening going on, in my opinion. And it's great to see people like yourself talking about that. Uh, and, and so I, I don't want to get like, too upset or anything, but it's just kind of disappointing that, that we've been like, spoon-fed this, this propaganda. And it's, it seems like the, with, thanks to the Internet and people who have been you know, gracious enough to experiment on themselves and to publish books even when you know, it was probably a bad idea to publish said books, uh, at least like politically or whatever, that you know, this great amount of information is coming out. And finally, we're getting further into these, uh, you know, these newer trials, at least like, and I'm not a huge MDMA proponent, but uh, for the right people, it, it seems like it's like, yeah, I'm a huge proponent of it uh, for the PTSD thing. And it's, it's good to see this finally coming out and like where the contrarians are kind of finally being proven right in a way, as long as, you know, it's done professionally and, uh, and with reason. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. MDMA, uh, psilocybin, um, Kratom has had some benefits. Yeah, uh, scheduled, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, a number of these compounds with PTSD, uh, concussion slash traumatic brain injury, uh, past trauma like uh, molestation, right? Um, yeah, severe depression. Mm -hmm. um, these scenarios have all seen benefit with the right guided help and this you know medication or recreational drug administered in the right way in the right form so certainly I agree there's there's a lot of benefit for those people that are really hurting mentally mm -hmm. um, can make a huge difference in their life from you know getting over something like you know molestation or getting over um, you know abuse or getting over being concussed and you know maybe having a highly affected uh, cognitive ability that you know you can gain back mm -hmm. that's that's a difference maker yeah it's crazy how like some of these compounds just open new doors and help you compartmentalize things and and shift your window a little bit and uh, and so at what point at what point for someone are they ready for LSD microdosing, for instance? Like, let's say I'm that that CEO and I'm like, all right, this winter I got this crazy project, six months long. At what point of our conversation are you going to be like, hey, Mike, uh, how about some LSD microdosing? Like, where do you put it well, in your little in the yeah, strategy? The, the other caveat I would throw in: if you're someone that's easily 
addictive. Right. Somebody that's maybe in that type of position, the high achiever, can be yeah. uh, addicted easily. I think they're throwing a recreational drug that does have some level of abuse potential in, like, um, is something to consider. Good call. All right. Um, so it's just something to think about. But yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I guess I would, you know, try all the other things, you know, first, mm-hmm. uh, given its illegality and maybe difficulty to source. Um, I would try the the things I mentioned before. I mean, first getting all of these other things into place in your life that could make a much bigger difference. Right. Frankly, we want to throw drugs at things right away. So that's, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're still looking at your phone at night and you're, you know, crushing monsters all day long and you're, you know, like chasing your email all day long and you're checking your you know social network all day long, you've got your push notifications going and you got the dopamine rush every 30 seconds of like checking, you know, I mean, you're not, you're not in a good place right. and you're, you're not eating the right food, you're not hydrating well, you're, you're not in a good place. So if you can get your nutrition aligned, your sleep aligned, your, you know, your, your brain aligned with, with gratitude, uh, with that mindful meditation, which by the way, I guess I would say mindful meditation is um, being in the here and now, okay. being present, you know, not like thinking about the things that you know, you've already done or things that have happened in the past that frustrate you or whatever, or not thinking about, you know, what you have to do, what's, what's down the line, just being present, you know, what is, what is right now? Well, if you're just sitting there doing nothing, what is right now? Then you're focusing on your breathing then or breathing. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And so you're not trying to have an out of body experience or any, any craziness or anything, just yeah, just focusing on your breathing. Okay. You know, and if there's sounds, you don't have to necessarily phase out those sounds. Just you can be mindful of the sounds and think about those sounds. Gotcha. And what if your animals come in, like the cat wants to get in on this? You just ignore it, or well, be mindful of, of your cat. Cool. Okay. Be gotcha. Of your cat, like mm-hmm. just it's it's all like nothing's necessarily bad that's right. happening. You know, because you have to deal with these things as they come up, mm-hmm. and you have to learn how to deal with uh, scenarios as they come up nothing's ever perfect I mean no one can ever plan everything and you know we never would want to right I mean all the great things in life um, you know all the joys are unplanned and even like some of the things that are that are terrible that happen to you that's where opportunity happens absolutely right you know so like almost everything that's important in your life is unplanned but it's important to not be somebody who's chaotic for all the reasons that I gave before to to plan as much as you can Mm-hmm. So, and minimize you know as much distraction as you can so that you can allow for great things to come into your life and be aware of them that's the mindfulness is be aware that how many great things are happening there was a guy I listened to on Tim Ferriss that did an experiment where he lived biblically for a year and he wasn't even you know religious but you know he did all these things that were in the Bible and um, one of them was you know like growing a beard and you know all this stuff but uh, I think another one was like praying ceaselessly and you know he said that you know he was amazed when he did this how many things went right all day long hmm. you know the elevator worked you know the food was you know there for him to eat all these things the car turned on you know there's and we focus on like the two things that don't go right and meanwhile there's 998 things that did right and that's that's being 
you know, uh, having gratitude for all these things. And that's, that's allowing good things to even come into your life or recognizing the good things that do. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a huge mental changer too. I mean, you know, you want to feel focused, you want to feel happy. I mean, it all starts with your mindset. It's that's not just trying to get more out of your, you know, your 5% or whatever you're using. It's like, instead, mm-hmm. it's like, why not, why not get more out of your existing brain why not feel happy? Why not be mindful? Why not be grateful? And and you're gonna you're gonna have a better life that way. Right. Well, I think it's tough to tell someone, oh, just you know, just be optimistic or just focus on the 998 things that went right. Is there? Do you have a way of like flipping the script on someone um, when they're when they're kind of focusing on the negative? Like, what do you say to that person who keeps getting caught down that that negative rabbit hole? Yeah, you know, and that's someone I would say that, I mean, one, I would say read the four agreements. What was that again? The four agreements. The four agreements. It's the the most impactful book I've ever read. Really? Okay, awesome. We'll note that, the four agreements. Uh, It's only six bucks on Amazon. It's been a bestseller for tons of years, uh, and it's four important rules. Uh, but I would say that they need to read that. I think the the code of the extraordinary mind is helpful as well. Okay. Um, but I think people people get off track with uh, with their relationships. People aren't appreciative of their relationships and and how impactful they are. And they're they're throwing the negativity out, and they're you know kind of like I was talking about that guidance counselor negatively affecting me. He was projecting his insecurity. He was projecting his negativity on me. Yeah. It's not me. It's not me. Right. It's him. And so, you know, I've said before, like, that the only power that people have is the power that you give them. And so, hmm. you know, when these people are projecting negativity on you, you don't reciprocate. In that book, The Four Agreements, he talks about it as black magic. You know, it really has the power to do significant damage. Like, you know, names and words can never hurt me or whatever. They definitely hurt you. Right, yeah. They definitely hurt you. They change your mind radically. Hmm. you got to think about, like, the whole, the whole, you're a computer guy, right? Like, garbage yeah. in, garbage out, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? So, like, what are you putting in your brain? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what shows are you watching on TV? What are you looking at on the Internet and your phone? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the stuff, I've taken apps off my phone. Right. And I put things like there's an app called Curiosity on there. Curiosity. There's an app that I have called Futurism on there. There's an app for tech stuff called Engadget. Mm-hmm. Like there's all these different apps I have like that, that have like a lot of, if you follow my Facebook, you'll see like a lot of these cool articles. It's because that's what I'm looking at instead of looking at like click hole or clickbait or right, whatever. Right, you know, yeah. like all these things like Imgur and you know, all these things like uh, college humor. And I mean, humor's humor is great but like a lot of it has such a negative spin mm-hmm. um, that it's really affecting you and I feel like sarcasm is not always witty and I grew up in New England and I know sarcasm but it's it's really a sign of like a bitter mind yeah too much of it is definitely it wears you down big time I'll agree yeah. with that yeah and I, and I feel like it, it so you have to just be aware that you know I had someone um I don't know. Can I swear on this? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if okay. you've seen many of our videos, but yeah. What's okay. up? <laughs> um, so, you know, I had a period where uh, a girl really broke my heart in college. 
and uh, said some things about me that were completely untrue and, and it really just mentally I was like oh my god someone can take my life away from me by saying words mm -hmm. this is another uh, example of that hmm. and uh, it scared me that someone could just say something and then it's just a fact and, and I could maybe even like go to jail I could like oh, wow, lose yeah. my you know I could lose my career that I've worked so hard for and it's like you can just say something and it's real yeah it's a scary world and, and it's scary but you know this girl that I was talking to like after I became jaded for months and I was like treating girls like garbage mm -hmm. and you know I found that like okay this is what they want because like you know I started treating them like garbage and they started loving me uh. and I'm like it's you know like it just made me even more frustrated mm -hmm. and and uh, I talked to this one girl that you know I was studying with that was very smart very sweet and I and I really thought a lot of her and she looked at me in the eyes and said, you know what? You're an asshole. And in a way that, like, if anyone else said this, I'd be like, yeah, you know, whatever. You know, but the way she said this to me and the type of person she was, it, like, devastated me down to the core. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, I, what have I become? Right. Like, what? This has all changed me, like, radically. And, you know, you definitely can get affected by what's happening in your life, you just need to be aware of it, and you need to like see how you're affecting other people around you, and how they're affecting you. So, I mean, it, I guess it it comes full circle to all the stuff I've been talking about. How how words are very impactful. You know, be it my own words to other people. You know, in in negative situations, like when I've been very rude to girls. Mm -hmm. and now in positive situations, when I'm mentoring people, or like in my past, like when the doctor gave me you know advice and and change my life or when that guidance counselor said something negative and you know almost took away my dreams or when this girl like almost took away mm -hmm. my dream that you know words are so impactful so you know that's that's the advice that I would give that you know someone be mindful of their words start thinking about their words and then you know thinking about what's going into your brain who do you have around you like not only like these apps or like what you're watching on TV or what you're doing but who who's around you? You're mm -hmm. a product of like the five like closest people to you. Yeah. Like I can I can tell what type of person you are. Kind of like you can tell what type of person someone is by like their uh, like what's on their credit card statement. <laughs> same thing, like same thing with like the five people that are closest to you. Hmm. You know, are those people negative? Are those people draining you of your energy? Are those people, you know, like you're always arguing with? There's drama. Um, are those people always saying terrible things about other people? You know, are these people, you know, challenging you? Are these people telling you to go for it? Are these people encouraging you, you know, educating you, mentoring you? Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's a totally different place to be. I know when I changed, like, the group of people around me, I mean, things just started happening, like, so really, fast. Really. So fast. Yeah. I, I, you don't I, have I, a mentor, then, then you're missing out. And mentor doesn't mean older. Like, I have a guy that, like... Uh, is a mentor to me, Ryan Lowry, and I'm a mentor to him, mm -hmm. and it's it's a wonderful relationship. And he's you know in his uh, mid twenties, and but this guy is sharp. He's on his game. His book he's is awesome. Yeah, the ketogenic Bible. Yeah, but yeah. he's also just you know just a great generous person, and his mind's in the right place, and his energy is through the roof, and it helps me like when I talk to him, for me to stay. Uh, grounded and focused and you know do the right thing and you just need those people around you
That's great. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you just said a lot of awesome stuff there. To get back to the the, the thing with the women, um, I think a lot of us have that situation at some point in our lives, and it's almost it's it's almost a good thing that you kind of see see the world for what it is sometimes. But um, there's a moment, and I think for a, guy, a lot of guys, kind of get shattered by something like that, and and the way you react to it is is huge and it's it's almost everything because uh there's a lot of people who stay jaded and bitter forever and that's uh and and uh you know i've been through moments like that as well and so you know what you said made a made complete sense and everything the issue is that you uh eventually you need to like find your way out of that tunnel and and yeah there's a lot of there's there's a lot of ways to get reactions both good and bad from women for instance but uh, a lot of people need to see that that it's like almost, you know, it's the game, you know, and it's like if you're playing the game, that's really uh, it's short term effects. And, yeah, you can get some short term, quote, gains out of that. But at the same time, it's um, it's ineffective for any type of like long term, healthy type of relationship. And at some point, I, I really hope that people understand that they can uh, that they can just be above the whole thing. And if you put out a confidence or enthusiasm, and that confidence comes from being really kick ass and maybe one or two things that like you know not everyone else is willing to focus on or whatever. Uh, and and you, you can kind of exude a happiness where you know if that guidance counselor would have said something negative to me at this point, I could just laugh at it. And that's kind of like what I do to negativity is just laugh it off because. Um, I, you know, I, I know how I can get to myself, but but it, it the, the general negativity out there no longer affects me because I'm so like buried into this hole over here and everything else can just like, you know, it, 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 it just goes away. But I think a lot of people need to get themselves out of that hole. And uh, and it's, it's sad to see people go through like the the like this anger phase and uh and not come out of it and i don't think it's necessary because uh we do need quality lasting relationships whether it is with a man or a woman or, or multiple people and uh and so uh it's it's good that it's good that you made it out because you've done so many positive things out there and uh and we're, we're glad to see you around <laughs> so <laughs> thank you i appreciate yeah. it but yeah well that was uh that was absolutely incredible. I, I really don't have a whole lot uh, else to ask, and uh, and you've given me some things. Now, here's one thing I do have, I want to bring up though is you mentioned and sure. uh, podcasts like this one often mention the word gratitude a lot. Like, what is the whole the like the whole thing on gratitude and gratitude journaling? Because I am definitely not doing it, and I I don't know if I have that gratitude or what. What do you mean by that? What is the uh, the mechanism? I think everything starts with. Um you know, we have such a focus on what we don't have mm -hmm. and we don't realize that, you know, we have it better than 99% of the world. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. we use these words like, oh, this food is horrible. Oh, this, this traffic's terrible. Yeah. You know, think about the words you're saying. You're in a box rolling from across the city uh, for almost nothing. It's a miracle, right? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And you know, the fact that you have food and you have a, a place to stay and you know that you do have clothes and, and you have medical care and all these things that are, that are just amazing uh, that are happening in your life, that you have relationships with people. You're not in sexual slavery. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's a lot of people in the world that are like in the sex trade that are in horror, hell every day. Yeah, people don't realize how, how slavery still highly exists in this world still. Yeah, war zones, mm -hmm. you know, you think about being in North Korea or like, I mean, there's so much that's, that we have to be thankful for. Right. 
and um, we need to drop the hyperbole of like all these things that are you know awful and terrible and you know think about how those words are affecting our own brain and then the people around us and it's just it's just a sense of of being thankful and it gives you a sense of uh, groundedness and it allows you to get into a state of proper meditation if we're agitated because we don't have things we're agitated because you know we want more and you know there's certainly there's a certain level of of drive that we should have but we should also be centered enough to be appreciative of what we do have to you know like we can't always forego um, happiness for this this destination that will never arrive mm-hmm. right like we we need to be there every day we need to be happy where we are every day but find of course like new challenges and new places to go to stimulate ourselves to grow to the next level mm-hmm. but you can't just forego happiness the rest of your life like thinking oh I'll get there like when I retire and then when you retire oh, like, yeah. you know I mean it'll never happen you'll always be unhappy and if it's about things there'll always be someone with new and better things mm-hmm. it can't be about things it's gotta be about um, you know the, the biggest study ever done uh, was with Harvard and it's uh, man it started in the 20s I think um, and it's been going on for years it started out with just men from two different sides of Boston the the poor side and the affluent side hmm. and then it's actually gone on to track their families now uh, with the wives and etc several generations in now but this study has consistently found that happiness and um, mortality and disease risk the number one correlative for that is um, your relationships the quality of your relationships it's not like the food you eat the exercise you have the you know like whether you're in a polluted area or not or you know these kinds of things certainly those are factors but the number one thing is the quality of your relationships so are you a good person to the people around you and do you have the right people around you and what if you don't? You gotta change them. I mean, you move? like, like just like get like number one. Like we talk about passion of like the right job, mm-hmm. passion of like finding the right girl or mm-hmm. whatever you know, or or guy if you are a girl. I mean, this should come first and foremost of anything. Like putting the right people around you, because mm-hmm. that's the only way you'll achieve success. Not not only with business, but with your relationships with having people that you can count on by you know being happy day in and day out um, you know you need to have the right people around you and if you if you don't have the right people around you then you know move I don't know like find like I would quit your job and move tomorrow I mean like there's nothing like more important than finding the right people to put around you mm-hmm. like, so when people like people you think it's crazy like oh I left my job making a hundred thousand dollars a year to you know work for twenty five thousand a year at this you know startup or this Nonprofit, but you know I'm passionate. I'm around the right people. Good for them. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not about money. You can you can get by with a lot less, and the whole rest of the world is right. That's yeah, minimalist living you know? for sure. And you'll find you're probably a lot less distracted. The whole mo, mo money mo problems thing is true. Like mm-hmm. the more money you have, the more things you buy, the more distracted you are, the more unhappy you tend to be. So I agree. So back to the gratitude thing, are you actually journaling that? Like I'm you just say I'm 
gracious for this, this, and this today, or is that yeah, a weekly thing? It, or? Yeah, it can be things of like the prior day or things that you're grateful for that are happening that day. It can be bigger picture things like where you're at in life or that you do have those friends. Uh, it can be anything that enters your mind that you know you just say thank you for. Okay. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try this for a couple of weeks, make some changes, everything, and we'll be we'll be chatting and uh, and so uh, I definitely have a good a good few things to do. So um, I wake up typically. Uh, 5:30, 6 a.m. and so at this time of the year it is still dark out and everything so I, I'm I think before I do anything a little bit of the mindful meditation is in order I I, I don't like to train that early because the, the home gym is here and I don't want to wake Jill up over in the other room but uh, once everyone gets going I think I'm gonna do the workout at the end of my fast and uh, you know just uh, take a, the, um, the minimal amount of whatever I'm up to at that at that point uh i i think i am going to go and buy a bunch of alpha gpc i'm going to try 600 milligrams three times a day i i've i've taken some of the other stuff we've talked about but that actually interests me the most because that's like a way higher dose than anything i've considered doing so uh, i think that'd be great uh, i am not yet going to do lsd microdosing, but is there a is there a point where you're going to be uh and, and you, honestly the honest truth is i'm not doing it because of uh, availability and i I don't feel like getting lab tests and stuff on everything. You know, it, it just turns into a whole another production. Yes. But uh, yes. is there what is there a next generation thing that you're looking at doing, or is there a, a cycle that you're looking at getting into sooner than later, like jumping into you know, LSD again? Or well, I mean, I love the the research on this. This all tracks back to BDNF, right? So it's brain drive neurotrophic factor, a protein that it's really cool because it not only protects like your neurons, the existing brain cells but it actually promotes growth of new ones and so there's so many things that are attributed to the death of uh, your brain cells but to do things that stimulate BDNF and therefore protect your brain mm -hmm. uh, is immense so you know there's there's uh, all these things that we were talking about before like you know mindful meditation um, you know the microdose to LSD the alpha GPC like these different things like are basically stimulating uh, BDNF mm -hmm. and uh, that's really important I think I've been studying that pathway more and more you know wanting to see like what compounds can I guess elicit the, the greatest amount for you know the smallest dose right. um, and seeing what that can come from so that's that's an area I'm looking and I encourage other people to, to look for as well um, I think uh, Futureceuticals uh, is a company that makes uh, their supplier they actually make that spectra uh, blend that I used in the uh, Metabo greens but they make um, a coffee berry that I think Dave Asprey is using yeah I've, yeah, I've read uh, about when they were promoting that has, yeah I think it stimulates BDNF like 44% or something is there a way of like. testing that your, your BDNF levels not not easily right. not in a way that you know a, a you regular a brain or something yeah, you know, <laughs> a regular regular Joe can do, but um, you know I think certainly things are experiential enough, and and just but there's you know a variety of the antioxidants are certainly helpful for that. Like um, they've shown EGCG, which is green tea, mm -hmm. a compound, uh, resveratrol from red wine, uh, terostilbene from blueberries. You know mm -hmm. these are things that are all helpful um, to stimulate BDNF and. You know, I think 
the drier the red wine, the better. That's what everyone's been saying. I'm going to be testing that. So, yeah, and so I drink like, uh, you know, a Cabernet or, you know, a dry Pinot um, one glass a night. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I was just in Sardinia, which is a blue zone, an island uh, off of Italy. Yeah. And, um, and they have red wine with their meals, you know, lunch and dinner. Mm-hmm. And, and then they also have like a little espresso shot, too. And I definitely think that, you know, okay, those polyphenols and, you know, these compounds, there's something to this. Mm -hmm. Another aspect is going back to the relationship thing that we're talking about. They eat as a family at a table or Mm -hmm. friends at a table, and it's a two, three-hour thing. Yes, even at lunch, it's like a two, three-hour thing. They end up working a lot later because of that, and then they end up eating dinner a lot later. But for them, like, that meal is very important. It's a time of... Focused fellowship. Focused fellowship. I like that a lot. Yes. And so you don't have your phones out. Right. And you, you aren't distracted with your work. You're literally just talking about your day, like what's going on. Like you care about people. You're interacting with people. And, you know, just like I'm looking at you eye to eye, like that's so much better of a of an interaction than it would be, you know, on a, on Facebook, you know, something. So absolutely. And I think, I think after this, we definitely need to get together and uh, do this again in real life. And we're we're, what, three and a half hours away from each other. So absolutely. Um, but yeah, I've actually recently, the way my fasts are working out and with, uh, with Jill, I'm making the bacon and eggs and we're eating together and we've been sitting at the kitchen Island. Uh, she's a stickler on the posture and proper breathing. It slows me down. I'm eating too much, but I haven't been touching the laptop or the phone during that. And it's kind of like I've been fasting and then, um, I, I work a little bit and then that, that breakfast, which comes a little bit later than most people's is like my first good break. So I just have everything off and we actually focus on the food, focus on our nourishment and, uh, just hang out and just are with each other. And we're not always like talking constantly, but we're, we're in the, we're in the moment eating our food together. And, uh, I think that's something that, uh, we're really going to stick with and So it's been, a, it's been a good experience doing that. So, uh, we, I, we, food has just come too easy for us anymore and no one respects it. And it's like, that's our lifeblood. And, we just like throw down a cereal bar and hit, run out the door. And like, that's just, uh, it's, I just think that's a terrible way to start your day. <laughs> so Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's an, it's an opportunity for you to slow down, to be mindful of the food that you're eating and the, and the people that, you're, uh, that you have around mm-hmm. you. But, you know, to be, like you're saying, to be grateful for the nourishment and, you know, to chew enough. Like, yeah, like, absolutely. I don't think we actually chew enough and... We don't get the satiety from the food that we should. Um, the, the digestion process starts right here, right at the first bite. Right, exactly. Yeah, maybe even before that when you're looking at it and somebody <laughs> else is ramping up, right? Yeah, right. It's kind of some psychosomatic responses. Absolutely. But yeah, exactly. So that's great that you're going to be uh, more mindful. And I think it's cool that you're taking on all these, uh, these changes. I'm excited to hear how those uh, affect you and what you think. Well, uh, with your life. Okay, so yeah, I've been through different meditational periods in my life and uh, things have gotten hectic lately, so I haven't, but it's crazy to say these things, but when I was meditating uh, on the regular, weird things started happening to me. Like, I had a dream, and I, I had some prophetic dreams that were absolutely insane, where I had a dream that my brother got a promotion and he was his boss's boss. And so he, like, jumped his boss in the ranks or whatever, his job. And... Um, I texted the family about that 
And then a week later, my brother ends up telling me, hey, uh, he did get a promotion. And it turns out that he is now the boss of his original boss from like 10 years ago. And so he did jump the ranks. It was over 10 years. And I was like, and like, so a few things like that happened where I had, um, I had dreams that actually were coming true. And it only was happening when I was like meditating for, and so I don't know what was going on, but I like, I had some sort of reconnection with my family from across the country. And, uh, and when I stopped meditating, like that crazy shit like that stops happening. So I want to get back to it because, uh, that's a great point. I, I don't even cool know. Story. I can't explain it. It's just like, I had dreams that were keep that kept happening <laughs> almost uh in throughout the bible um they use fasting to connect themselves to god mm-hmm. to have like a, a deeper uh relationship with god to uh, potentially you know grant this prayer that they're that they're focused on and then like you said like you know with buddhist monks and you know, there's so many religions and ancient cultures that use fasting as yeah. a way to get into a deeper meditative state, and then certainly that that meditation um, is is a spiritual awakening. And your brain, you know, with the alpha, you know, type waves, mm-hmm. that's what you're talking about. Like, there's like that whole hallucinogen thing that happens with these drugs. You can do that without the drugs. Yeah. And if you read like Wim Hof, like who you know talks the Iceman, who talks about like the you know uh, cold submersion and the breathing techniques mm-hmm. and all that stuff, he's been on Tim Ferriss. But like that that type of breathing, uh, you can achieve these type of things. And with meditation, you can achieve these type of things. Will it take a long time to figure out? Especially in the state we're all in, with being hyper distracted. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. It would be very difficult. I'm sure it was difficult a thousand years ago, let alone now. But it is interesting to think that we can tap into, um, you know, these these type of things. And I tend to think of us as like, you know, you can't think of like a cell as an individual thing, like outside of all the other cells in the body. And you know, a cell can communicate with other cells. You know, and there's there's something to be said for like, I think what you experienced that I don't have the complete explanation for it, but. But, you know, like time is not necessarily linear. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, that's been definitely heavily debated that it's just an in- instrument that we've created. And, um, you know, there is some kind of connection that we all have to each other. I mean, you know, like the mother that, you know, knows when the baby's in trouble kind of thing. Like yeah. these innate instincts mm-hmm. that we have. I mean, there's something there. But we're so far removed from, from spirituality or that level of connectedness by being distracted all the time. Would you at all blame um, being like in a carbohydrate fog to blocking some of that out? Like it seems like being in ketosis gets you a little bit or or having a fasted state gets you closer to those types of connectivities. And so if that's the case, then is it possible that that breakfast of cereal knocking us right out of any type of ketones that we might have been building up in the morning uh, is holding us back at all? Like, do you, uh, do you go that far at all? Because I do. But <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. It's not necessarily, I mean, certainly people that are hypercaloric, that are, you know, not exercising enough, that are insulin insensitive, mm-hmm. carb indefinite, and high glycemic carbs on top of it. I mean, that's a recipe for disaster for right. sure. And they're already in, like, compromised states in terms of 
you know, pre-disease states or already in disease states, like metabolic syndrome. But yeah, I would agree. I mean, like I like I said, I mean, almost all these these cultures, fasting was the way to um, enhance spirituality. Yeah. And when when your body, you know, not even just the glucose ketones thing, but like. What about like your body just wasting energy on metabolism and digestion and excretion? Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know all those kinds of things, right? Yeah. So, you know when your when your brain has because being in an alpha state uh, uses up a lot of uh, uh, brain energy. Oh yeah. Uh, so, uh, it's it's a dramatic difference. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. That, that's an interesting idea. I mean, who knows where it all goes, and if or if we'll ever have the answers. But um, no, I, uh, I I get a little bit conspiratorial sometimes. So that was my my plug to that. I don't need to go any further. Um, but yeah, so I know your time is super valuable. I thank you so much. You know, the one thing we haven't done and we haven't like plugged enough of your products though, obviously uh, you've mentioned the Metabo greens and everything. And I, I actually was a fan of greens and, and being back on the keto diet and being on less fruits, I'm still doing the vegetables, being on less fruits, it, it makes me think that maybe I should get into that. You mentioned that yours actually tastes good. And so that's the one thing amazing. that I haven't always experienced yes. with the green no, we, powder. And when we were formulating it, we uh, a lot of them, my term was dirty fish tank. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They tasted And this one tastes really good, uh, really enjoyable. I look forward to it every day. And it's, you know, some of the ones that I found that did taste good were because they were all fruit powders and sugar. And this is actually greens and that spectra, you know, like I said, it has chlorella and spirulina and mm-hmm. a lot of great stuff in it. And um, and it tastes great and it works. I mean, the level of alertness I get from it is, is marked. Um, you know, one of my, I guess, other darling products that I've formulated, uh, IC5 from Biotrust, it's, um, you know, blood sugar product. Yeah, that's got uh, the, the serious berberine in it, or yeah, exactly. It's and got so can you, can you take that as a keto dieter? I've been afraid of tanking yes. my glucose any more than I need to, or no, I I use it on keto, like because berberine in and of itself can get you into a deeper state of ketosis. Cool. Um, but the nice that's thing that's is, that's if you're cheating, sometimes you can cheat and still stay in ketosis. Right. Okay. Um, which I can't even tell you, like, so how many people. have giving me stories with their their testing and, and using IC5. So it's really cool. But I'll make a video. Also, okay. aging is correlated to glycation. So like yeah. uh, that that blood glucose damage, um, you know, that's happening to cells that, you know, when you're uh, taking something like the berberine that's in there, the cinnamon, the um, zychrome, um, I mean, it's got a lot of cool compounds in there that, that um, really help with all that. I mean, it, it's anti-aging. So it's, you know, helping with your shirt genes, helping with the telomere length, you know, helping with glycation. I can tell you that the two most important things that if I was going to tell you I could judge your health on, uh-huh. if I was going to check two labs, it would be CRP and hemoglobin A1C. Mm-hmm. And you know, no doctor checks those, period, ever. Hmm. And I get, like, of all is the labs a- that they ever check, this is inflammation and like blood glucose, you know, glycation level. So, so normally I go to health-test-direct to get my tests, and I, I, I'm almost positive they have HbA1c, but I'm wondering if they have uh, CRP. CRP. Yeah, that's C-reactive test. protein or peptide. Yep. They do. Okay, is it cardio CRP? Is what I see here. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, that's fine. But there's an arthritis uh, panel has CRP. Okay. I'm gonna, yes. I'm gonna have to, yeah, you know, I'm gonna do it for a testosterone test. Uh, since I've been on keto for a few months, I haven't done a full lipid panel of cholesterol, all that. I'm kind of curious. Uh, not that I think it's gonna stop me anyway, but um, even if I don't love the numbers, but we'll put them up. I think uh, what we'll do is we'll put together a blood panel, and I'd love to see that and see if uh, see so, if I you can tell if I'm healthy or not. <laughs> let me let me throw one more in there. Yeah, then. sure. That's a, as a caveat. I mean, I think you should check your vitamin D3, but. Oh, yeah, um, I think assuming. you should also, if you're going to look at your lipids, like don't look at uh, the calculated cholesterol that the doctors always order with HDL, right. LDL. You want to get a NMR test or a VAP test, and those tests will look at the subfractions. Is that like more about the molecule size than the quantity, or exactly the size and type? It's not calculated; it's actual. So okay. Um, so you can actually look at, like, LDL is not the bad cholesterol. Mm -hmm. It's not unhealthy. Not at all. Actually, like, higher LDL can be correlated with longer life. Uh, total cholesterol is correlated with longer life. Um, it's the um, very low density, the small dense LDL that's correlated with heart disease. And that's the only one that's, that's correlated with heart disease. So the only way that you can tell that is just you going up in LDL isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's actually potentially a good thing. I mean, there's Eskimos that have 600 cholesterols and no incidence of heart attack. Right, yeah. You have That's to look fish. at this small, dense LDL. Mm -hmm. There's a large, fluffy LDL that can rise with ketogenic dieting that's actually, again, like cardioprotective. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's important to not just get like this, this basic lab and kind of dig a little bit deeper. Okay, cool. Yeah, maybe we'll put that together sometime. Um, yeah, my, when I did my last year's test, it was just the standard test. My cholesterol level was actually like dangerously, not dangerously low, but I was right on the bottom of normal. And so just kind of curious where they all ended up. But Well, statins, like which they usually put you on, can put you dangerously low. Um, on, you know, and you think about cholesterol is like the basis for your, you know, you want to talk about brain health. It's definitely not being on statins. <laughs> cholesterol has a lot to do with your brain cells mm -hmm. um, as well as like it's really the uh, the grandfather hormone if you will like to all these steroid hormones like your progesterone testosterone estrogen um, you know all these things are are traced back to cholesterol they have a cholesterol base to them so mm -hmm. um, you know if you get on statins it's going to uh, lower your cholesterol which you know puts you at more cardiovascular risk uh, which is ironic, and which is why I hate these drugs. Sick care. It's impairing yeah. your, your brain function. It's impairing your hormonal uh, function. It's using up the, you know, depleting CoQ10, you know, leaving you with muscle cramps, um, spasms. Like, it's just, it's not beneficial to be on. There's there's a lot better paths to go down. So, it's I would sad. How do we, what are we going to do? Okay, let, final question. Yeah. It's like a, how do we reach these kids kind of thing, but like, okay, I, let's, let's say I got a hundred million dollars or yeah, let's go a hundred million dollars that I'm going to give to you. What are you going to do? Like, how do we, how do we change this? What's our big picture? Wow. I mean, uh, it, it seems like we're all fighting a lot of little fights and everything and that's cool. But like, uh, is there going to be some sort of shockwave that we can have? Yeah, you know, I think it's if I was to do one thing, it would be to attack all the special interest groups and lobbies 
um, that have so much influence over our government, yeah. like big pharma, big food, big tobacco, mm-hmm. um, you know, big alcohol, big alcohol, guns. I don't know. Like, I mean, just down the line, like there's so many uh, just powerful voices that aren't our own or aren't the truth that are just, you know, pro-capitalism. Um, and I'm certainly not against capitalism. Uh, I'm definitely for it, but you know, it's just there's there's so many of these scenarios that um, are not being acted on our best interests. Right. Yeah. And, They're using false right. data, or, or yeah, the false data. Exactly. It's not based upon any truths. Like there, the, there was uh, one the sugar lobby today uh, with Monsanto that um, you know there was data from this uh, association. Yeah, International Research Association on Cancer, or some, something like that, um, and they found in 2015 that um, Roundup glyphosate, glyphosate is most likely uh, a, a carcinogen. Oh, geez, yeah. And um, it seems pretty obvious to most people, but you know that's what they were finding. And then Monsanto uh, was paying to do these studies and write, doing the write-ups, and then they were going to pawn them off as someone else's data in a journal uh, and not even put that they funded the data that they wrote the study design the whole thing and um, these emails got leaked and now there's a class action lawsuit that and and now they're saying well it was you know it's going to be independent you know we're going to be unbiased (laughs) of course yeah sure they'll be unbiased you know but it just it sucks that all that's out there that like you know coca-cola pays for these studies on this and that you Mm -hmm. know and just and all these lobby lobbyists are just, you know, they have the, the politician's ear. The politician spends, our congressman spends seven hours of their eight-hour day getting money. Right. Calling for money. They work one-hour day. That's a problem. That's a problem. So, yeah, with the, the glyphosate, it almost seems like there's an awareness. Thank God for the Internet because there is... Uh, information is becoming free, even though there's a lot of, not censorship, but um, crowding out of the truth, perhaps. And so it seems like the glyphosate thing is kind of coming, becoming more and more clear to the people who at least are looking for it. And that's that's a step in the right direction. It's not there for like just everyone, but if you start digging, you will find what you need to find. And that's one reason I've loved the keto diet is because this kind of removed me from the whole glyphosate chain as it is. Um, I do want to, I know that there's a couple very well-trusted testing companies that will test the food stuff for glyphosate. And so I was thinking about throwing in some of my own money just to take some of the uh, quote organic bread versus, you know, a standard piece of bread or a loaf of bread or whatever and get a serving and see if there really is a difference in the amount of glyphosate. And uh, that wouldn't cost me a ton of money. So I, I eventually I want to do that. And uh, I'm actually, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm researching some of that testing now for like even the supplements I've been working on. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I, I really would like to get certifications on that. There's, I've been looking at it for several years, and now there's actually a few companies that are talking about doing certifications. So interesting. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's an important thing. Seems like we go down a lot of the same rabbit holes because we were talking about one on Facebook recently, which is made uh, for another whole podcast and everything with water quality and everything. And I finally sent I sent my water quality lab test in, so our subscribers are going to see the. Uh, the reviews with data on my uh, water softening and the reverse osmosis system. So uh, I, I'm really getting into this stuff. I love the biohacking. I love uh, I love the the testing and the, the the awakening. It feels like it's happening, and it feels like we're realizing that what was what we were told is 
good or bad for our body isn't necessarily always true and the data is finding its way out there and so yeah. i really i really appreciate that you're you're leading the charge on that but we definitely need to keep in touch with some of the little side projects we're doing because yeah. it seems like uh some of the stuff i start to research is some of the stuff that you've already been reading about for years and vice versa <laughs> so um and so Excellent. yeah i definitely want to do this again and uh and obviously really appreciate your time as i'm trying to sign up for like the fourth time today but we keep bringing up great stuff but sean um it's been absolutely incredible we're gonna Thanks. we're gonna have to you know plug some of your biotrust stuff i'm gonna have to test out these supplements you've talked about uh yeah, and, uh, and uh, if, if people can go to zonehalo.com yes. and sign up on my website and then go to um, Zone Halo with Twitter, um, Instagram, and my Facebook, Sean Wells, yeah, that would Do be it, great. Do it, yes. Yeah, add, add, add Sean on Facebook. Remove one of your friends that's been a, a little bit too much political. Trust me, the trade-off is well worth it, and it's actually like made me – uh, semi look forward to going on Facebook once in a while, but <laughs> yeah, and maybe maybe we can have uh, we can have people uh, since they're listening turn on post notifications for ah. Zone Halo and Price Plow. There we go. And, uh, and then on Facebook, you can actually uh, you have up to 15 people that you can put first in your feed if you go into the settings. And um, you know, I've done that with some of my heroes that I talked about earlier, and uh, of course, Price Plow to keep keep oh, track geez. of all the supplements coming out. So. Well, thank uh, you. you know, maybe people could do that for us too. Yeah, so. maybe uh, real quickly, can you run through your your follow list? Then who who are the top ones that you want to be on top of? Like yes, uh, it's Lowry. A, it's, yeah, it's the people I was mentioning. Before. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jacob Wilson, who's the muscle PhD, he's mm -hmm. a very good friend of mine. Uh, Ryan Lowry, uh, best friend of mine. Um, you know, Dave Asprey, Tim Ferriss, Ben Greenfield, mm -hmm. like I talked about before. Right. Um, I like. Uh, Adele Musa's content oh, yeah. with uh, um, Subversity. Subversity. Yep. Um, there's another uh, one I love that's really more on Instagram, YLM um, Science. They have some really cool like infographics on exercise studies. Cool. Um, I think, uh, oh, and then, um, like I said before, I really like these apps too, Curiosity and Futurism. Mm -hmm. um, but I have those as, as separate apps, but I have them on Facebook as well. They just put out tons of, of great content. And then there's another one called, uh, I think it's uh, Interesting Shit. <laughs> and uh, it's not the best <laughs> name, but, um, but it is, uh, it's, it's another thing kind of like curiosity with just cool, cool science stuff. Like, I, you know, I love hearing about, you know, some new sea creature that they've found or, mm -hmm. you know, some, you know, because all of it, like, makes me think, you know, like when there's, People say, oh, you need animal protein to like really kick ass, you know, to be an optimal muscle protein synthesis. I think, well, you know, there's a gorilla that is only eating plants and it's the strongest animal and can rip your arms out of your sock. Right. Or, right. you know, people say, oh, keto makes you slow. I'm like, well, the cheetah seems to be pretty fast. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, you know, I just like looking at like the animal kingdom sometimes and like it, it makes me, you know, think outside the box, you know, with all these kinds of things like what is possible and what's not and, you know, what's maybe genetic and what can be turned on or turned off or what's dormant now, you know, like and that's interesting shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like bioluminescence, like these creatures at the bottom of the sea that can light, you know, their yeah. own path or these thermophiles that are like in like the, the volcanic heat vents and it's like should be way too hot for life to exist but there's life mm -mm. you know it's just it's all fascinating stuff so I love that stuff. yeah I always like to say life as we know it because 
who knows what can be really out there just because we require carbon or whatever, you know, doesn't mean that everything does. So that's true. That's true. Great point. All right. Great. Well, Sean, once again, thank you so much for your time. We're going to try to make some links up here. I'm going to probably try to rush this up onto YouTube, but it's good. I don't know. We're looking at almost two hours. We've been on this uh, Skype call. So this is going to be like an hour, 50 minute long podcast here. And it was incredible. And so I hope uh, a lot of people got a lot out of this. Please follow Zone Halo and subscribe to our channel. We will be having uh, more of these. And at some point, you know, with with this channel, we're taking turns doing the podcast and CJ, Robert and I are going to get together. But once a month, I will be here to try to interview someone that's uh, got as much knowledge as sean but i don't know if that's going to happen anytime too soon um but yeah we're going to definitely need to get you back on and talk about so let's go like yeah drill down into another rabbit hole and see uh see what what happens when we come up so thanks again Sounds sean good. thank you really All appreciate right. it take see ya. care